Hello and welcome to Yugi Life Abroad. While there are terms to describe someone who has lost their partner, there is no term to describe someone who has lost a child. Stefan Bulgren, a filmmaker from Melbourne, Australia, walks us through the background behind his film War Mothers, which brings to light the experiences of mothers who have lost children in the war in Donbass. This and more on Zakhordoni Ukrainsi, the podcast for all things Ukrainian. Congratulations, Stefan, on your recent accolades that you have received from the War Mothers films. Um, what, what what was the thought process behind you uh, making this movie? Uh, yeah, sure. So we ended up making two films um, in the end, two short documentaries. Um, but I mean, like a lot of people in the Ukrainian diaspora, I, I was kind of just following the news of, of what was happening over there. Uh, and obviously, unfortunately, it's been going for a while now. But um, I just wanted to stay updated personally, and so thus I would come across a lot of uh, stories online, I guess, on what was happening over there. And, and um, particularly, there was just one story about the Ukrainian mother who was affected when her son um, passed away in, in the conflict and um, in the war zones. So her story in particular, when he passed away, you know, she was a teacher, so she quit her job, and in her son's honor, she actually um, joined the army. Uh, I think it was in communications or something, but nonetheless, the way in which I guess a mother and uh, how a mother's life could change in the time of war was something that I guess something that's the, the start of the thought process behind the whole project. Um, and then it was just a matter of me kind of I guess reaching out to uh, a lot of the Ukrainians here in in Melbourne and, and across Australia eventually. And uh, they had put me in touch, or at least they kind of guided me through who I could speak to over in Ukraine. Because then I, I went on by myself. Uh, largely, the two projects I've done, is, I've worked as an independent. Um, so every time I went there, I was literally on my own. Um, I worked alongside another creative here in, in Melbourne. So his name's Stephen Zelko. He's not actually Ukrainian, he's got a Bosnian background, but. Um, he was drawn to the whole idea of telling stories of mothers in times of war and so the whole time me and steve have been kind of working together but even so that's the only real um person that i had to kind of uh you know ask questions or speak with or give an update to uh you know we're running a facebook group but uh, facebook page sorry but yeah so it's you know largely with filmmaking i guess it's a, it's always a team kind of sport uh but for me i kind of i only had a maximum team at one time of maybe like four or five people um so i i kind of had to overcome a lot of problems on my own um i had to weave my way through pretty sketchy situations you know including in the ato zone and um even on the front line i had to visit a, a few times there and um always i had someone there with me but um yeah i guess it uh this this production has very much been just a couple of people driving it and for the love of i guess or for the want to um tell what the stories of mothers and especially ukrainian mothers because i guess uh the storyline of what ha- what happens in ukraine or what what is happening in ukraine can get lost sometimes and and i i wanted it to be i guess a reminder uh, that uh, you know this situation was happening and that we would know here in australia uh being affected in a way in which we couldn't we uh, it was just a, a a terrible situation for them so yeah um 
Had you ever been to Ukraine before, like when you went for the first time? Oh, I went as a plus one, actually, uh, a few, I think it was in 2003 or, or 2004 or thereabouts. It would have been like 10 years prior to, to working on this project. And, you know, obviously we've still got the Rodici there, we've still got the family. And um, when I had gone back uh, for these couple of these trips, I think I went three times altogether for these films. Um, you know, I largely stayed with them. Um but uh, it was only in Kiev. That's they're based there, and um, and in Ternopil as well. Uh, but all the film work and the production was was mostly for the first film in Zaporizhia, and then um, in the, the for the second uh, short documentary we were in Pavlohrad. Um, so yeah, yeah. There's a, now I feel like I know a lot of people over there. Actually, I spent a lot of time in. So one of the mothers in the film, Galena Goncharenko, she runs a um, volunteer centre in Zaporizhia, which is like a hospice, a, a temporary accommodation for travelling soldiers. or It's like a halfway point um, for many people involved with the war. They let me stay there and I had met so many people there, all the volunteers, all the soldiers, all the mothers, etc. And kind of in that one kind of location, it felt like a... I had developed a lot of personal relationships that was really, it was like amazing uh, as an individual, as someone from the diaspora to kind of come to Ukraine and then kind of uh, see firsthand what was happening in, in their, as they kind of write their modern history um, as we speak, even to this day, it's, it's just to kind of see that was a, uh, a very inspiring situation. It is very inspiring. The, the stories, um, Alex and I both watched the movie and it's just beautiful. I especially loved the sand art that you had to um, just like sort of picture, uh, allow people to picture the... Um, the situations that these soldiers found themselves in. Yeah, I thought it was very beautiful. Yeah, that, and that's by a Ukrainian artist um, in Ujhrod. And to be honest, I actually, so you, have you guys seen that um, Ukraine's Got Talent um, video that was on YouTube that kind of went viral with the sand art? Um, so basically I wanted to replicate when the mothers were talking about something in the past, uh, I didn't have any footage to kind of uh, use for that. So I guess creatively we decided to use some form of animation. Um, I had seen the Ukraine's Got Talent a video of the sand artist, uh, and I thought that was particularly interesting, and especially with the um, the visual style that we picked for the documentary. Um, it's kind of a, uh, I used the cameraman who made his own lenses, and it's in an anamorphic style, and it's a 1080p, so it's got a kind of uh, a lo-fi feel to it. And I, I guess something to match that, well, I guess, was sand art, which I learned is actually kind of a... Uh, 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 very popular in Ukraine or it's a very uh, Ukrainian style of art. Um, I tried to approach that lady who made um, that Ukraine's Got Talent video. Um, she was based in Crimea actually and, and when we reached out to her and told her about the project, um, she had a manager or something that we spoke to, they didn't want to be involved. Um, so then I used my fixer. Fixers are generally people that um, you can hire as like personal assistants and a lot of like foreign journalists and stuff work alongside them to, you know, get from A to B or to be, uh, uh, 
to use as translators um, to find accommodation or to get whatever they need, etc. The fixer had found this animator and um, she did such a fantastic job. And all I would do was basically give her audio for the for the interviews, and she would kind of we would work together on what kind of pictures I wanted to create, and then there would flow this beautiful um, sand art um, that I I think um, serves the, the film quite well. Um, so how did the mother's soldiers and other volunteers respond when you told them your plans about the movie and were they surprised that someone from Australia was so interested in what they had to tell? Yeah, especially because um, I guess with my experience uh, whenever I was in the ATO zone or whenever I was in that volunteer centre that um, it was rare for them to not only be, uh, have a filmmaker there, uh, but a, a filmmaker from the from the Ukrainian diaspora in Australia that would not speak Russian, that would only speak uh, a bit of Ukrainian, not not fluent, but enough um, to communicate. And I guess, yeah, that set me apart from I guess uh, any other people that would have uh, visited to travel some of these places, and especially so I guess as well the storyline that we were trying to to create and. Um, uh, the idea of, of mothers in times of war and what happens to them, that was something that people kind of uh, were open to allowing or to, to kind of discussing, etc. They wanted They wanted these stories to be told. They wanted mothers to be heard. And so, it, yeah, I, I kind of, it was a very special experience for me uh, because I guess I, previously I'd been in Ukraine as a postman, as I said, but this was more... Uh, it was a fulfilling journey and kind of connecting with these mothers and, and soldiers and volunteers, etc. I guess is, is, that's an experience I'll take with me forever and forever will make me proud of my Ukrainian heritage as well uh, because they're, they're such strong, resilient, uh, inspiring people uh, and they've proven that within their unfortunate circumstances. Um, what made you choose these three women's stories specifically out of, I'd imagine, the thousands that are coming out of Donbass? Um, well, yeah, so like like I said, it came down to um, the people that I was connecting with here in Melbourne and, and uh, the diaspora here. And really, like, I was recommended to speak to maybe about two or three people in Zaporizhia. And it goes to the, the when I had eventually, when I arrived there for the first time, Everything that I explained that I was that kind of a unique person with that kind of a project, etc. Word had spread um, that when I was there, and so one person would say, "Oh, you can speak to that person," and that that person would recommend someone else, etc. Um, and you know, I, I had the only the idea of um, including Yulia Matvienko, who's the the mother, and she's also the sniper. Um, who's one of the three mothers were featured in the first film. But um, when I got there, I had. You know, the last day of being in Zaporizhia and actually the last hour, I think, of being there, I had met Galena Goncharenko, who is um, the person who started the volunteer centre. Um, and actually just prior to that, I had met um, the other ladies, uh, Svetlana. So um, people reached out to one another. I guess when you are presenting the fact that you want to help their cause, they'll, they'll do anything they can to kind of help you. And that was what I had witnessed. Um, and that's what made it so inspiring um so in the movies you show that helena has created that like hospice halfway house for soldiers um what are their other goals and like what do they hope to achieve as like an end goal you know the funny thing is that um 
so Galena Goncharenko and Yulia Matvienko, the two mothers that I just mentioned, now that the elections are coming up in Ukraine, they're both now running for parliament. Um, so uh, they're actually wanting to become politicians now, which is great because they, they, they both actually have obviously seen the war for themselves and they've been through some pretty hard times um, and they want a better Ukraine and they're great people. And I think that they will serve the country perfectly. Um, they want the conflict to finish, obviously. So I believe that in, within their political pursuits, they're going to integrate that as well. In the second film, I had featured Yana Zinkevich, uh, who was the 18-year-old woman who started the Hospitalieri, the volunteer paramedic battalion. Um, she has since become a politician in Poroshenko's uh, European Solidarity political party. She's only, I think, 23 or 24, but she's in the Verkhovna Rada at the moment. So she's already achieving great things. But so um, a lot of the people that I've featured in these films are already part of uh, Ukrainian government or at least trying to get into Ukrainian government, which is uh, great. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to meet these people who could really do amazing things for their country. But, um, yeah, I think they were all really trying to unite their country or at least kind of... Uh, for the better good of the people around them, for the better good of Ukrainians, stop the war, stop the fighting, and um, just create one sovereign Ukraine uh, without any interference from uh, any Russian aggression or pro-Russian pro separatists or anything like that. It's just they wanted uh, Ukraine to be a, a successful and strong nation. That's pretty crazy that in like, such a short period of time they've gone from volunteers to now members of like the national parliament and running in local elections. Yeah, they're not they're not fully fledged members yet. At least Yulia and and, um, and Galena aren't, but Yana is definitely. She's part of national parliament there, and and uh, she's she, actually another interesting point and, and an unfortunate point for her. She's actually just contracted COVID, um, which is because uh, she she's uh, paraplegic and she she. Um, I guess, uh, has had um, some complication, health complications in the past. Um, she, she keeps a, like a daily journal on her Facebook on how she's going and um, she's uh, like not getting worse, but she's not getting better. And it's, I think, about 12 or 13 days into her original diagnosis. Um, but it seems, yeah, on, on that topic that COVID seems to be a pretty serious situation in Ukraine at the moment. You mentioned that a few of the women ran for parliament and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff happened. Have yeah. there been any other ramifications that have come about because of your movie? As a direct result of my film, I mean, like, there was a really nice example locally. You know, we had a screening in Geelong of the first film. You know, someone in the audience was so moved, I guess, by, by the film um, that she decided to, I don't know if she had already planned it, but she went to Ukraine to, to meet the mothers in the film because uh, she wanted to connect with them. She wanted to be with them um, just because she watched that film. So that was that was a really touching experience for me, I guess, because, I, you know, what I had learned sometimes when these mothers, um, Galena, one of the mothers in the film had lost her, child, her, her son and um, a lot of the mothers when I spoke to them, they would often describe that for a period of time there would be a lot of people there supporting them but then after that, they felt 
like that support it didn't fade but it wasn't as strong as it used to be there wasn't you know um, people i guess life generally just moves on but um they would feel a, a, a sense of loneliness so when i came around to make the film for at least for that period of time that loneliness it was like uh you know i, I was giving them a voice i was i was I was there asking them questions about what happened. I wanted to learn about them, and they there was that there was this beautiful connection um, that we that this film had kind of created uh, between some people. And at least there, you know, Luba um, from Geelong, um, she she went over to Ukraine to meet and stay with Galena in her volunteer center. Like I said, to connect with her and, you know, that, that at least helps in that situation when, you know, when, when someone's heard that story, they want to express their feelings to her, um, which is what happened. Galena is very, very popular person in Zaporizhia. So she'll always have people around her, but I guess in that sense, you know, with the special connection of the project, I, I, I'd never created anything in my life where something like that had ever happened where as a direct result of watching something I created, someone went overseas to meet someone as something as, as dramatic as that. So there was that kind of um, an event that happened as a result of the film. Um, you know, the premiere, of at least the first screening of this film was in Zaporizhia. Uh, and, you know, we had a lot of uh, media outlets there and all this kind of stuff. And... Um, there was a there was a bit of coverage as to why I went there and you know the project itself. So it helped spread the word of of at least what I was trying to do there. Would you say because you've kept in contact with these women after your movie? Would you say that the support network in Ukraine for wither for widows or mothers that have lost their sons in the war has improved? Um. I don't know about the overall situation. I, I, I would say I, it's a short documentary. So the, the, the overall impact, you know, in terms of the Ukraine's whole situation, I'm not sure if I had a greater impact on that. I know that I had a positive impact on some people's lives, um, but I'm not sure if I can say that I had a, a big, bigger grand scale impact. All, all that matters is that, you know, I connected with these mothers. They appreciated what I was doing. Um, the audience felt and they 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 now know of these stories of what happened to um, the women in Ukraine. I know that I've had uh, some good things happen as a result of the film. That's that's probably something I'm proud of. It's definitely something to be proud of. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, you mentioned a little bit before about some other projects that you're working on. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about your current project in Australia, looking at drought-affected farmers? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's 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 been a long road to getting to where we are, and it's still a long, long road ahead. Uh, we'll see. But um, where last year there was a lot of coverage on the drought in Australia, and it was pretty much the worst on record. And you know, in that coverage, you, I would always see farmers that, and the, they had they were quite stressed, anxious, uh, upset, etc. But I always saw a dog with them. There was there was like this hidden link between everything and. Uh, I always just thought, well, what's that relationship like when these guys are going through those hard times? How does the dog play a part? Are they an emotional companion? Are they working with them? Um, so it's it's kind of a similar structure to the War Mothers um, project in that uh, looking at how mothers are affected, um, stories of mothers in times of war. Uh, this is like... Uh, stories of, of dogs and our connection with dogs in times of hardship. 
specifically in Australia, I, I feel like it's it, there's been a lot of weather events and bushfires and drought, even floods last year as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's we're proposing a series of um, at the moment I found eighteen stories of dogs um, that have been there for their owners throughout those weather events, and they're, they're like amazing stories so far. Um, but the, the difference with this project is that um, you know. Uh, with warm others, I, I I personally didn't get paid. I did it because I, I just wanted to. I bought, and there was that sense of uh, fulfillment in, in doing something like that. Uh, with this one, it's the same, but I also because it's such a bigger project, we're looking for funding, and that I am learning is uh, long road. But um, yeah, that I from what I had learned with warm others, I am now able to apply that to this kind of a project. So that that's kind of uh, something another benefit that um, that I, I've had through that project too. Um, I saw on the poster for War Mothers, there's like um, at the bottom, it says that you got funding from the Australian government. And I'm just curious, how did you pitch a movie about Ukraine for funding from the Australian government? Sure. So that, so that Screen Australia actually came on board. Um, they, it's like marketing uh, assistance and support, which means that basically they, they allowed me to travel to New York for the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, so the funding that I had got throughout the War Mothers project was from uh, a lot of the Ukrainian organisations here in, in Australia, some very generous individuals who just believed in the project and who wanted to see it made. Um, and then there was a crowdfunding uh, campaign there as well. So um, the government funding in the in the War Mothers project was was less um, less prominent than. Uh, the, the community funding that I got from the Ukrainian diaspora. I, I wish the Ukrainian government, the Australian government, would have given me some a lot more funding, but um, they they came on board pretty much at the end of of things there, when the when the film was made already. Like that, they kind of helped us out. Um, so, how can our listeners um, follow you and then also watch your projects and see War Mothers? Um, if they look up War Mothers on Facebook. Uh, we have kept a page there, which is given updates on, I guess, uh, a lot of the work that we had done, all the screenings that we did uh, with the community across Australia and even, I guess, overseas as well. Um, we did actually a screening in um, in in California and and in New York, uh, which was great. But that first film is available online. Um, if you look up Stefan Bugren. Uh, for my website, stefanbugren.com. Um, you can watch the, the first War Mothers film there. Uh, the second one, we're, uh, we're just going to work with Yana to, to eventually release it. We just had to wait for all the festival screenings and community screenings, etc. We're pretty much at that point now where that's all coming to an end, so we can, um, we can uh, release it online. But, yeah, mostly my website, mostly on War Mothers on Facebook. If you Google my name, a, a lot of stuff will come up. And the movie will be one of them, I think. Okay. And then just as like a final question, um, since you went to Ukraine by yourself to film Warm Others, like you must have had some like funny or crazy experience being by yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially because um, at the start, uh, when I was in Japarija, I didn't actually want to go to the front line, but uh, someone drove me there and I didn't realize uh, because uh, he was speaking in Russian and I didn't understand that. 
so there was a, uh, I, I, unfortunately there was lost in translation that I told him that I wanted to go meet some soldiers. He said, yeah, no worries. All right, come with me. And we get in his, um, his old larder, his old larder car. And, uh, you know, he packed up with it, packed up with all kinds of stuff, food and whatnot. And then, uh, we kept driving for hours and eventually I was just like, where, where are we going? And then he, he used the, the phrase, no front you. And then I realized, oh my God. Okay. So he misunderstood and he's actually taking the front line. And it was, and that's, that's the case in point traveling on my own, um, <clears throat> without any kind of network or anything like that. Cause the first trip I went there, I didn't even have a fixer. I was just made. Um, and in Zaporizhia, a lot of people speak Russian. So, um, that was tough to kind of, and that was, yeah, um, getting around and, and everyone was super nice to me. Like it was so supportive, uh, such a supportive thing. But that one instance where like I spent a night on the front line when I didn't even want to, um, that was probably something that only would have happened because I went there on my own. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. stories that make um make the whole thing not worthwhile but like something to laugh about later on. Like I'm sure you probably weren't laughing at the time but... <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, in essence, it kind of gave me the the opportunity to see firsthand what was happening. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us today uh, about your film. Um, we're very much looking forward to when your next one is released, um, and we'll keep an eye out for it. And uh, we hope you have a good one. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. President Zelensky has controversially announced that during the upcoming local elections, an all-Ukrainian poll will be held. The poll will have five questions which are yet to be released. The results of the poll will have no direct legal effect but will be used to implement policy. Former Ukrainian president and current leader of the European Solidarity Party, Petro Poroshenko, has recovered from coronavirus. During President Zelensky's recent trip to the UK, Ukraine signed a deal with the British defence sector to build and support modern missile boats and port infrastructure. As part of the deal, the majority of the boats will be built in Ukraine. For the first time in history, Ukraine defeated Spain 1-0 in the UEFA Nations League, with Viktor Tsahankov scoring Ukraine's first goal against Spain in 17 years. Let us know which stories you'd like to hear by reaching out to us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Join us next week for more UK Life Abroad content.